Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 and verse 1. Blind man was being grilled by the religious leaders about Jesus. And they wanted him to say something negative about Jesus. And he says, well, listen. Finally, he said, he says, look. All I know is once I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> uh, it's hard to argue with that. Um, Saul of Tarsus uh, was a persecutor of the church, but Jesus met him on the Damascus Road and changed his life. And later on, he gives testimony, and he says, I am the least of the apostles, and I don't deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. You see, Jesus can do a unique work. Jesus is a unique person. He is the Son of God. He is the God-man. He holds all power in his hand. He is able to do all things. Uh, And if you need a work of Christ in your life, he is able to meet your need. Um, And I'm convinced that we need what Jesus can do in our lives today. Uh, There's there's all kinds of things going on in our world today uh, that seems to be getting worse and worse and Things become more challenging. But I want to tell you something. There's nothing that can come along that can tax or challenge the power of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. He is one and only. He is set apart and holy and righteous and able. The scripture we're going to look at today uh, is still following up on the healing of the man at the beautiful gate. Um, This was a very public healing had some very public consequences. Now the number of Christians has risen to 5,000 men plus women and children uh, just in a short period of time. And the religious leaders hear Peter talking about the resurrection and they say, look, uh, we are disturbed that he is speaking about the resurrection. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Uh, and, and they opposed him. And so they, they come against Peter and John, who are ministering, and they bring them before the Sanhedrin, and they threaten them. And, uh, and, and they ask, what power, what right do you have to speak of the resurrection and to, to heal this man? What, what right do you have? And, and Peter says, I'll tell you whose authority we come in, and it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the basis of our authority. Jesus Christ is the source of power. And he has changed this man. He's healed this man. This man stands before you whole because of the work of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And can I tell you something? Jesus was doing a greater work of healing the souls of men and bringing people to faith in Jesus Christ in vast numbers uh, during that day. And uh, Peter and John were witnesses of this fact. I can remember a few years ago, a number of years ago, when I was speaking with somebody on the campus at UT. uh, I asked him if he knew Jesus or something along those lines. And he said, you know, I don't believe uh, in an afterlife. He says, I believe that when you die, you just rot. Okay? Well, now, 
I've heard a lot of different things over the years. I've heard people say those things. I've heard people from different religions who, who have talked about that. What is it that makes Jesus so unique? We've talked about his power, but what is it? Why Jesus, among all the religions of the world, among all the options that there are, why Jesus? Why does he make a difference? Uh, that's what I want to talk to you about here today. And that's the title of my message is Why Jesus? We need to look to Jesus because I believe Jesus alone holds the answers for this world. He holds the answers for your life, for your salvation, and for eternity. Uh, he holds the keys of death and hell. And so we need to look to Jesus. And so uh, look with me at verse 1. Let's, be, let's begin reading this scripture. It says, While they were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple police, and the Sadducees confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and took them into custody until the next day, since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. The next day their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them, By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people whereby we must be saved. Why Jesus? So, why should you look to Jesus? Well, first of all, look to Jesus because of his unique authority. Look to Jesus because of his unique authority. He says in verse 7, by what power or in what name? In other words, what authority do you have? In what name have you done this? And Peter says it's in the name of Jesus, his unique authority. Of course, they saw the lame man standing before them healed. But Jesus had unique authority that he displayed throughout his earthly ministry. Jesus spoke to the demons, and they trembled in fear. He commanded them where to go, and they had no choice but to go there. They begged him not to send them to the pit. Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves, and they had to obey, and the sea became a calm. Jesus spoke to those who were crippled, and they were restored. He spoke to the blind, and they began to see. Spoke to Lazarus, and Lazarus came forth. You see, Jesus had a unique authority. He is the Lord of all the universe. And all of it lies under his supreme authority. He even has authority over death. After being crucified on a Roman cross, Jesus came to life the third day. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were all involved in Jesus' 
resurrection according to different scriptures, but Jesus conquered death. He has authority, yes, over even death. You ought to consider Jesus. You ought to look to Jesus because he has unique authority. He holds the keys of death and hell. Did you know Jesus determines who goes into heaven and who goes into hell? It's under his authority. The Bible says that there is a book called the Lamb, that is Jesus, the Lamb's Book of Life. And if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, when you die, you go to heaven. If your Lamb If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, then other books are opened and you're judged by the works that you have done in this life. And I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who will pass God's standard of entrance into heaven. And there's but one sentence. And it's, depart from me. I never knew you. Serious business. You need to look to Jesus because he alone has the authority to determine your eternal destiny. Have you trusted Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to him and repented of your sin and uh, received the free gift of eternal life? Do you know why Jesus came to die? He came to die so that you and I might live. You know why Jesus lived a righteous life? He lived it so that sinners could be credited with his righteousness and enter heaven clothed in his righteousness instead of their own. Jesus came, lived, died as God's gift of redemption for you. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus. All authority. Did you know Jesus has authority to determine what happens in your life? Some things, he, I don't believe Jesus causes everything, but I do think he's sovereign over everything. He's in control. Jesus has the ability to change things in your family, in this church, in this city, in this country, because of who he is. God uh, told Solomon, he said, you know, when the, when the people depart from me, if they will once again humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. You see, God is able. He has the authority. The Lord Jesus has the authority to heal this land if we pray. So, you ought to look to Jesus because of his unique authority. Secondly, we see his unique healing. Not only his unique authority, but his unique healing. Look at verse 10. By him, this man is standing here before you healthy. Or literally, the word means whole. I like that word better. That translation a little better. Whole. He's standing before you whole. Jesus' unique healing. You see, you may go to the doctor and you may get antibiotics for your sinus infection. That's something I have to go for every now and then. But you know what I found? I get sick again. 
<laughs> they can't take away the root problem. Now, I, I want you to know, I do believe that people who were healed under Jesus' earthly ministry and then later on through the apostles and so forth, I believe that they died, okay? That, you know, there's uh, no eternal healing that happened then, but one day there will be. The Bible says that Jesus is coming back and that the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that uh, this corruptible uh, must put on incorruptibility. In other words, a, a body that won't decay. This mortal must put on immortality. I've got a mortal body now, but one day I'll have an immortal body. You see, I've got a glorified body that Jesus will give me, and it will be healed forevermore. But there's a greater healing than that. And that's the healing Jesus brings to the human soul. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. There's something that happens within the heart of a person who repents and puts their trust in Jesus. That, that God himself changes them and makes them a new creation. The Spirit of God comes to live within their heart. And God begins his work of renewal. This is a progressive work. It's an instantaneous effect, an instantaneous gift. When you repent and trust in Christ, you're saved. But the work continues. And God continues to do his work of healing and growth and change in your life. And one day, that too will be perfected when Jesus comes back. And there will be no more sin nature to struggle with. That'll be a glorious day. But the greatest healing of all is the healing that God brings in salvation. Can a leopard change his spots? Well, he may not be able to change his own spots, but Jesus can change his spots. Jesus can do it. This is the work. His unique healing. Nobody can heal the soul but Jesus Christ. Some of you have gone through traumatic events. You've, you've experienced great pain in your life. Can I tell you something? Jesus is the Lord our healer. He can bring you through that pain and that trauma and, and heal your soul. Um, you, you may be dealing with problems and with your emotions, and, and maybe you've even got a chemical imbalance and, and you're taking medication and, and so forth, but uh, Jesus is the one who will bring that ultimate healing. And one day you won't have to struggle with that anymore. Um, but this healing within the soul, uh, there's a spiritual healing. There's an emotional healing. Uh, he heals our will. He teaches us to choose the right things. Uh, it is a healing that goes to the whole man or the whole woman, whatever the case may be. God does a comprehensive work of healing for those who trust Jesus. Jesus is the unique healer. By him, this man is standing before you whole. I'm going to tell you something. Before I came to Christ, I was not whole. I was struggling. Um, I've shared this a couple of times. I'd, I'd even thought, I don't know if I'd ever gone through with it, but I'd thought about suicide. That's where I was. I was empty, had no meaning or purpose in my life. 
And when Jesus got a hold of my life, he came in. He made a profound difference in my life. He's healed my soul. I want to tell you something. I'll take credit for the bad stuff, but any of the good stuff you see in me is because of Jesus, because of him. I stand before you whole, not because of something special about me, but because of something special about the Savior that I serve, whose name is Jesus. He does a unique healing work, and I'm going to tell you something. He can truly make a difference. So why Jesus? Why should you look to Jesus? First of all, his unique authority. Secondly, his unique healing. Thirdly, his unique salvation. Verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. Now let me read that again. There is salvation in no one else. I know that's not politically correct, but it's what the Bible teaches. For there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Listen, I know there are sincere people in other religions. I know that there are people who do good things who are not religious. But I'm going to tell you something. There's only one place to find salvation, and that's in Jesus Christ. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's a unique salvation that Jesus provides. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. God loved you so much that he sent his own precious son to die for you at Calvary. To get to hell, you have to trample over the blood of Jesus. You have to reject the offer, the gift of his salvation. And I'm going to tell you something. You're here today. You've heard the message of the gospel. You have a choice of whether or not you're going to respond to it today. It's a very serious choice. If you reject Jesus and you go into eternity without Jesus, you'll be in hell. It's a place of darkness. It's a place. You say, preacher, are you trying to scare people? If I can get them to heaven by scaring them? Yes. The Bible says it's a place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. It's a place of darkness. Well, how can you have fire and darkness in the same place? Because the smoke is so thick, firemen tell me, you can't see the hand in front of your face. It's a place of regret. Oh, I wish I had. Oh, I remember the opportunities I had. It's a place of no hope. I don't want you to go there. There's only one way to escape hell, and that's through Jesus Christ. Repenting and putting your trust in Jesus Christ. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life, and the wrath of God remains on him. God loves you, yes. But God hates your sin. Hates my sin. God's not neutral. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life, and the wrath of God remains on him. Though his wrath remains on you, if you don't know Christ, his love also remains upon you, and he desires you to repent and receive his forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you something wonderful. When you 
repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible says then Jesus becomes the propitiation for our sins. That's just a fancy word that means he took the wrath we deserved. He took the justice we deserved. All the fury of a holy God against every wicked, vile sin of all history was poured out upon Jesus Christ at the cross. And he said, it is finished. Paid in full. So that if you know Christ today, you're not appointed to suffer wrath. That's what the Bible says. There'll be a judgment where rewards are passed out. Where you'll either receive a reward or you'll suffer the loss of a reward. But there will not be wrath and justice for sin. Because Jesus took it upon himself at the cross. So his unique salvation. Can I implore to you today. If you don't know Jesus Christ, trust him while you can. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So we see his unique authority, his unique healing, his unique salvation, his unique message. Look at verse 17. But so that this does not spread any further among the people, let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in this name again. So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. This teaching, what was it that was so dangerous about this teaching? Why did they want to silence it? Did you know that Christianity in history has been their most opposed religion, most opposed message of history? Uh, it, it has been persecuted. The people of God have been persecuted. There have been attempts to burn the Scripture What is so dangerous about this message? I'll tell you what's dangerous about it. The devil hates it because it delivers people from his clutches into the arms of Jesus. And he opposes it with everything he has. Uh, The message of Jesus also calls for us to repent, to turn from our sin in our own way, to follow Christ. And so some people don't want to turn. And so it's offensive to them to hear the call to turn from sin. But Jesus' message is also unique in that it has a power to change things as no other message has. Throughout history, Christians have spread hospitals and education and uh, have have transformed societies. They've stopped uh, trafficking. And I, I remember hearing the story about these missionaries who felt called of God to stop the trafficking. It it was the biggest center of trafficking in the whole nation where they were serving, and God cleaned it up in a matter of months through the prayers and service of these people who were Christians. I want to tell you something. Christians have been making a difference for, for God and for His kingdom and in this world throughout history more than any other group of individuals. Jesus Christ, it's because he's with us, and he's in us, and he uses us. So, Jesus' message is unique in that it it makes a difference in society. It also changes human hearts. I've shared how Christ changed my life. Uh, Some of you have testimony of how Christ has changed your life. Uh, Jesus' message has a unique power in it. To change lives. 
uh, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus' message has a unique truth. We live in a, in a society that believes that people can have their own truth. We talk about my truth or your truth or somebody else's truth. Listen, I'm telling you, the truth is there's just one truth. And it's true whether you believe it or not. Uh, God's Word gives us a source of perfect truth. And in the midst of all the confusion, there, all the messages of this world, there's plenty of messages, aren't there? We've got messages coming to us from government. We've got messages coming to us from science. We've got messages coming from every corner of this planet. But I'm going to tell you, there's one message that changes things. There's one message that is perfect truth, and that is Jesus' message. It is unique. It is set apart. And that's why people are so afraid of it. You ever wondered why atheists get so worked up about Christian stuff in the public square? Could it be? I mean, you know, listen, I, there's some things I don't believe, believe in fairy tales, right? But I'm not up here protesting about it, right? Why are people so worked up about a message they say they don't believe? Could it be that deep down they know it's true? And they're afraid of it because they think it might change things in a way that they don't want things to be changed. There's a unique truth in the message of Jesus Christ. That's why you ought to look to Him. He is the source of truth and life. Um, who are you going to believe? Somebody who's got a bunch of degrees or somebody who's risen from the dead? <laughs> I think I'll take the person who's risen from the dead. Jesus has given every reason to put our trust in him. Why Jesus? Why look to Jesus? Look to him for his unique authority, his unique healing, his unique salvation, and his unique message. Come to him. And have your life changed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the amazing Savior that you've given us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you that he doesn't change with the whims of culture. That his message doesn't change. But Father, that um, he is forever the bedrock uh, that we can put our trust in. Lord, I pray that today, uh, your people, I pray that your people would put their trust afresh and anew in Jesus and recognize that he is able to sustain and to care for them and help them in whatever they're facing in life. But I also pray, God, for people that don't know Jesus Christ, that today uh, would be the day they look to Jesus and find in him eternal life, a new heart, a new joy, a new purpose. Thank you for the amazing gift of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And we pray it in his name. Amen.